Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You can watch Man City versus Liverpool on Now TV for just 10 euros. So what's stopping you? Going shopping again? You're already on first-name basis with the sales assistant. A family party? Your Aunt Mary has seen you four times this week already. This is a cracking fixture. Don't let anything get in your way. To treat yourself to a Now TV Sky Sports Day Pass and watch the games that matter to you for just €10, search Now TV Football today. Content streamed by internet, full terms at nowtv.com. Hello, welcome to Psychic Teachers. I'm your host, Samantha Fay. And I'm Deb Bowen. And we're very happy to have you join us this week. Deb and I have decided to go back to our roots of this show and revisit some of the topics of developing your psychic abilities. We thought it would be good after eight years of coming into your homes and your cars and your ears <laughs> to revisit how this all started by covering again some basics of psychic development. So we've got a lot of fun and informative topics to cover with you. But first, as you all know, we start with a crystal of the week and an animal of the week. And Deb, would you like to start with your animal? Absolutely. I'd be happy to do that. And I, too, am going back to basics with our animal of the week. I know that this is an animal person that I have talked about several other times. But I think in light of our topic today, I know that one of the things that that made uh, Samantha and I decide to do this show, actually it's a series of two shows we're going to be doing for you this month, um, was that we have a lot of new listeners. We have a lot of new folks who are listening to us and who are new to the realm of metaphysics. And so we're getting questions like, what are chakras? You know. Uh, and some th- some nice questions that, that tell us that we've got folks who are new and moving along this path. And so one of the things that uh, I think is really important as you're just becoming aware of your intuitive abilities and beginning to develop your skills along the way is to be able to ask for the gift of discernment, to really delve into what is your truth. And I'll be talking about that more later as we move through the hour together. But I wanted to uh, offer an animal guide idea for you, somebody that you can call on who can help you with that. And, And one of the best folks that I know to help you with being aware of what is your own truth is OWL. OWL energy is just amazing. I know that owl has a lot of different meanings in a lot of different cultures. In some cultures, owl represents death. 
in some cultures, Val represents death and rebirth. But uh, David Carson's and Jamie Sam's in their medicine card book speak of Owl as a teacher of helping us to, to bypass deception, that owls uh, are connected to clairvoyance, to astral projection, and to magic. Owl is sometimes called the night eagle by certain um, tribes. And so owl guides our nighttime, both physically and metaphorically. So owl takes care of us as we are sometimes going through a dark night of the soul or darkness in terms of, of moving into the light of, of enlightenment and learning. So owl medicine is great energy to call on. And it doesn't necessarily mean that owl has to be your, your spirit animal or your totem animal or whatever language you want to use. You can call on the energy and medicine of every being in the, um, in the, on the planet to help you with a particular task. So call on owl when you are trying to discern what is your truth as you walk your spiritual path to help you to understand what is real for you and resonates in your spiritual journey. And Owl will will help you with that, with sending you signs for that. So there you go. Beautiful. Well, the crystal I chose this week is a listener request which works out beautifully because it fits in alignment with our topic, and it is hemimorphite. Traditionally, hemimorphite is this beautiful electric light blue color, but you can find varieties that are white and brown. Usually you'll see it in that beautiful blue. It's a very protective stone. It shields against negative thought from others. It helps to raise your vibration. It greatly assists with communication with master guides and multi-dimensions, It really works to strengthen your connection to your spirit guides and the angelic realm. If you meditate with uh, hemimorphite, it brings accountability. It helps you to take responsibility. It helps you manifest your thoughts and dreams into reality by grounding your dreams in practical steps. It activates the throat and higher heart chakras, and it allows more light to enter your auric field. Hemimorphite greatly enhances psychic ability, especially mediumship. It strengthens your communication skills. It's usually uh, used as a stone of ascension. So if you feel as though your spiritual energetic vibrations are being lifted to the next level, but you might feel there's some resistance from you that stems in fear or doubt, you can meditate with hemimorphite to help you remove those blocks. And you know, Deb, I have a quick funny story to share about hemimorphite. I came across it in one of the many crystal books I enjoy reading, and I thought, oh, I just really want to have this stone. It just sounds like a wonderful stone to meditate with. And so I looked at all the different crystal stores that I go to in the surrounding area that I live in. I went out of state. I just couldn't find the stone. And I was telling people, like, hey, do you have hemimorphite or do you guys know where I can get hemimorphite? So I kind of put the word out. And one of my friends here in town texted me and said, hey, I was just on Craigslist under, I I never go on Craigslist, so I can't remember what category she said it was. It was something like unusual things. And she said, there's a guy in town sending a large piece, selling a large piece of hemimorphite. And so 
I don't know about you, Deb, but haven't you heard like creepy weird things about Craigslist and people who meet up to buy stuff on Craigslist? I, you know, you hear about that from a lot of those kinds of, of Internet sites. But, yes, I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> so I called this guy up and he was like, yeah, I've got this huge tray of all these different stones. And um, he said, I don't, I just am not resonating with this hemimorphite. And I said, okay, well, um, I'd like to buy it from you. So I made him meet me at my church. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I thought... <laughs> Surely, if he is some type of creepy serial killer selling crystals, he would get a little bit of a conscience in a church. So we met in my church, and I handed him my money, and he handed me the crystal. Turned out he was just a very nice guy who really loved crystals, and now I have my hemimorphite. Well, isn't that wonderful? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. That's a great story. (laughs) Okay. Back to basics, Psychic Development 101. One of the things I would love to start talking about, Deb, is kind of nav- helping people navigate that first moment when, as an adult, you realize, I think I'm psychic. I think I'm getting information that other people aren't getting. Now what? Because you and I get emails and messages on Facebook all the time that basically say that. Hey, I'm psychic. Please help. What do I do? And I think the answer to that question is difficult in one sentence, in one email, and even in one show. But one of the things I always will tell people is the first thing you should do is trust yourself and trust your intuition and then study it and then work with it. So those are kind of the three things I would like to tackle. What are, what are your main pieces of advice when you get that question? Write it down. Keep a journal. Like a validation journal? Well, yes, although I would also call it, you know, I would I would you know, it can be um it can be really unnerving to realize that you're you're getting information and what do you do with it? Uh, I, I did see something on Facebook the other day that uh, was really funny, and uh, it was a, a cartoon of uh, what it feels like when you realize you're psychic, and, and it was kind of this caricature of, a, of an animal kind of jumping off this cliff into the unknown, into outer space, and and I imagine that is what it feels like. Um, so yeah, I agree. You know, yeah. So write it down so that you have a running record because one of the things you also need to learn just like with owl's uh, message is to discern what's psychic information and and what's just kind of your thoughts about things which is also sometimes psychic but but um so that you have a uh, a history of the evolution of your progress down this path that's so something i wish i had done and I and that's it, great it, advice yeah, so write it down and and not necessarily do anything with it. For God's sake, don't go giving messages in the grocery line. Um, but but to just sit with it, to just sit with it, and um, and try to find somebody who will listen to you without judgment and just 
be there as you go through this journey. Not somebody who's going to, and I'll, I'll talk. We'll talk, I'm sure, later about finding teachers. But but just somebody who is going to say, "Wow, okay, yeah, all right," you know, just listen to you, so that you don't feel crazy. And it might be that those people aren't currently around you right now. They might not be members of your family or friend group that can do that for you, which is why I feel it's so important when you're going through that awakening stage to find your tribe, to find like-minded people, which is why you've got to get out of your comfort zone and go out and meet people and take classes and join workshops. Check out your local unity church and see what their events are. Go to a Reiki circle. Uh, connect with a yoga group. You know, Try to find people who are going to be open-minded and on the spiritual path so that you can find support during that opening time. I think that's crucial. And read, 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 and then read some more. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I always said one of the things that helped me so much was reading the biographies of psychics and mediums because I learned so much from their stories of how they opened up to their abilities and how they struggled with learning to trust themselves. And I would read how they went about learning to embrace this. And it gave me tips and clues and ideas, but it also gave me comfort and support as well. Um, I think that's really a good idea. I also think that um, reading the classics, reading about famous uh, folks in history and, and looking at the times and how they've changed I mean, for example, the spiritualist movement of the early 1900s with people coming out of closets with ectoplasm everywhere. I, when was, I, I've never seen ectoplasm. I mean, the world, of, the world of connecting to spirit has changed and evolved over mm-hmm. time. And I think it's important to understand, um, understand that as well, you know, to kind of see where, where, the, where this metaphysical world has come from. Because if you don't know our history, you you miss a lot of important things. I agree. And I think it's important as you're studying and learning and connecting with like-minded people to start working with a psychic tool. And it doesn't have to be tarot like Deb, and it doesn't have to be crystals like me. It can be a, any psychic tool that resonates with you. But that's well, going By the way, Samantha and I both – I'm sorry, Samantha and I also – I work with crystals, and Samantha works with tarot, so we both do both. Yes, yes. But, I mean, tarot was your psychic tool to introduce you into this world. And Actually, it was crystal, was but the... that's okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Actually, it was a crystal. <laughs> but I know what you mean. Is that ultimately, over time, my primary function has been working with tarot and yours with crystals. But, but we both do both. I think it's a nice way to practice what you are ultimately capable of doing, and it's a wonderful way to bring confidence to what you are doing. And so you could try working with crystals or tarot or oracle decks. You could try working with a pendulum. You could try working um, with energy healing. You could try working with um, the runes. The, I, the I Ching, I mean, there's so many psychometry, there's so many different psychic tools that you can try 
and it helps you to learn where your strengths and where your weaknesses are. Another tip I would like to bring up, and this is something that it took me a long time to learn, and it was kind of a painful lesson. Just because someone is psychic does not mean that they are wise, elevated, compassionate, or spiritual. I have met many pretty darn good psychics who are not all that nice. And so you have, I mean, is it was that shocking to you when you learned that? <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Uh, and and when, when you finish this discussion, I want to go back to something you said a few minutes ago. Okay. I just, I remember when I started working at a metaphysical store and the readers there were so competitive with each other. And it was all about how many clients they got and how much they were charging. And it, it was such a turnoff to me. And I, I was really disappointed. And it, it kind of set me back in, in my path for a while because I corresponded psychic ability with spiritual advancement in some way that, you know, that if you were spiritually advanced, i.e. compassionate, kind, loving, seeing the oneness and all, that hand in hand went with that one psychic awakening, but it's not true. So just be careful when you are choosing your tribe and your mentors, because there are some people who are authentic and very good psychics, but they're not necessarily on the spiritual path. True story. Let, let me go back to, to something you said a minute ago, Samantha, because uh, while I agree with you that, that exploring um, various psychic tools is a great thing to do, and I know a lot of folks are like a kid in a candy store when they start doing that. And again, ask for that gift of discernment. Ask for what resonates with you, and, and, that's, and that's great. But I truly believe and, and old listeners to this show are going to go, oh, Lord, we know what's coming. And you do. I truly believe that before you move into um, in-depth work with any of those tools, that you've got to do some work on yourself first. You've got to be still. You've got to meditate, meditate, meditate whether you do that walking or sitting or however you do it, but you've got to find that time every day to go within because spirit can't speak to you if you're, if you're not silent. So you've got to find that time to be silent. I truly believe that learning to work with your chakra system is absolutely crucial. Not, just in, not just in doing this work as a psychic, but just in terms of balancing your, your day-to-day life. Uh, I think that's mm-hmm. important for all of us. Um, mm-hmm. So I think you need to meditate. I think you need to work with your chakra system. I think you need to really focus on your breath. I think it's important to um, have a for and and this and this comes back to what you just said about the the spiritual piece of this. I think it's important to have a spiritual foundation in this work. I, I to me they those things should go hand in hand together. So I, I think there's some basic things that um, have to be done first, and, and those are really the bottom line basics for me. I agree. If you think about your energy, your psychic ability as a lake, 
So just if everybody could just picture a lake in front of them, and it represents your energy that your guides are trying to communicate with. And imagine that you're running through this lake going, I've got to pay these bills, and I've got to get this email sent for the boss, and I've got to get the laundry in, and I've got to sign this permission slip, and I've got to get my tax payment sent in. All that running through that lake is stirring up all that mud and algae at the bottom of the lake, making the water really jostled and unclear and dirty and muddy. But when you stand in that lake and you're just calm and you're silent and you're patient, all that muddy debris settles down to the bottom and the water becomes very clear. And then you can receive communications and you can also send out communications and request for help from your guides. But that's why working with your chakras and meditating and learning to be still and learning to know who you are is so important as a foundation to opening up and receiving. Absolutely. Thank you. And I also need to say this. Patience. Now, don't pray for patience because you'll always get an opportunity to be patient if you pray for it. So don't do that. But trust the process and know that this is a process. I I got a, an email from uh, somebody the other day who said that uh, she got she did a she's just learning to rope. She did a reading for herself that she didn't like because um, the the reading told her to be patient, and her tarot teacher didn't like um, told her the same thing, and and she wanted just to move more quickly. And my response was, it it takes time. Your journey through tarot is a lifelong lesson and I think that's true with all of this that's, life is a journey and um, so if you um, if you're just one of those folks who this is just new to and you're just waking up to this this is a whole big world you've never been to school the way you're getting ready to go to school now and in, in the depth and the breadth and the um, work that that we do in order to really open up to and respect and work with our psychic abilities. So it isn't instant. It really is not. Even though I know the world around us is instant, opening up and working with this skill and ability is a lifelong, sometimes slow, and even sometimes painful process. I agree. And you can rush through it. We've seen people who do that. But to me, it's like when I was in elementary school, my sisters were in high school and college, and they were reading Danielle Steele and Stephen King. And so when I was eight, nine years old, I wanted to be like them. So I read Danielle Steele and Stephen King and all those types of books. I read them. I read the words, but I didn't understand the content. And so you can rush yourself through this. You can memorize the tarot. But if you don't slow down and really learn the material, you're not going to be activating your intuitive abilities to the level you should or could be able to. So there's really no point in rushing it. It's counterintuitive. That's absolutely true. You know, as you mentioned, Samantha, I mean, I've been reading Tarot for nearly 40 years and been teaching it for, for almost that long. And every time I teach, 
a new class, I learn something new mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. every time. Um, and, and I think that's that's an important part of, of any of this journey. Um, I remember when, and I and I did this, I guess, early on in my journey. My my process for this was partly the kid in the candy store technique, and partly the how deep can I go with one aspect of this world. So I remember when I first started delving into the notion of past lives, and I started reading about past lives, and and I realized that. Um, some of the experiences that I had had early on in my life were past life recalls, were spontaneous past life recalls. And so I delved deeper and deeper and deeper into the the world of of past lives. And I still keep diving into that world. I, I still peel away layers. It's like peeling away a layer of an onion. And if you were like me and the only thing you remember from high school biology was looking at an onion skin under a microscope, what do you see? More layers and more layers and more layers. So so that's um, that's another thing to think about is that not only can you, um, once you get the basics down of grounding and meditating and, and balancing your chakras and breathing, and the and listening to information that's coming to you, and then as you begin to delve into um, various aspects of of what this world offers, pick one and really learn it. R- really, really learn it. Um, what's that? A jack of all trades and a master of none, you know. So really, really delve into uh, an aspect of this world that that speaks to you or that is a part of your own journey. I also really recommend to people, uh, and at some point where I'm actually planning a course on, on this, is to write down what you believe. Somebody challenged me to do that back in the 70s, as I was just really beginning to explore this world. I was reading Edgar Casey and Ruth Montgomery and Arthur Ford and and exploring um, some of that work. And somebody said to me, well, Deb, what do you believe? And I thought, wow, that's a really good question. What do I believe? So I wrote it down. I created a document that at that time I felt like explained my belief system. Now that was how many years ago? Almost 50 years ago. And I have continued to update that document over time as what I have learned has changed and and what I have seen in the world around me has changed. So it's it's an evolving and ongoing process. But what it has always done for me is given me a baseline, given me a foundation so that I know where I am and how I got to where I am. And I think that that has so informed my journey and my um, what resonates for me in, in this world of, of metaphysics. That's a good tip. 
I think it's important just to remember that this isn't uh, an easy, instant, take this class and you'll be a certified reader. I think what we're trying to say is that it's many, many, many different things involved in learning how to open up and do this work because it is serious work. And if you do ever choose to do this professionally, the one thing I always tell my students is people will believe you. And so you have to be ethical and on your game and you have to be very studied and assured and on the spiritual path to pass on the highest messages possible. Do you remember that lovely client we had, Deb, who said she was taught to read the Akashic records by saying one sentence? Her teacher told her if she just said this one sentence, it would unlock everybody's Akashic records. I do remember that. And I remember thinking, this is not abracadabra. It's not the philosopher's stone. It's not like all of us psychics have a magic word that we pass from one student to the next. And if you say it, poof, you're opened. It's just not like that. It's so much uh, more complicated, <clears throat> excuse me, more complicated. You know, you have to learn how to align body, mind, spirit. And that's why I think it is so important to learn how to meditate and to learn how to work with your chakras and to feel them, you know, to really learn where your chakras are for one thing and what it feels like when you open them, when you clean them, when you spin them, when you close them to feel the difference in your energy because you can't work with anyone else's energy until you know how to work with your own. So all of psychic development really does start with yourself. So I think it's important for people to remember not to look for a quick fix, a quick cure-all. There's nothing quick or easy about this. I also think, as Deb was saying, you know, to ask, what do I believe? Another question I would invite everyone to ask is why? Why do I want to open up my intuition? A lot That's of our, a, good point. The, a lot of the listeners that that we get who are impatient and, and kind of angry that they're doing all this stuff and it's not opening. I will often say, why do you want to open up so much? Because, you know, really we all are here to do something on this earth and all we really want is to feel special and important and loved. And I get that. It's something we all yearn for, but I worry that some people want to open up to their intuition only to feel special and important and different. And if that's your motive, whether it's conscious or subconscious, you're going to get into trouble. You really are. You're going to attract negative energy and negative people, and you're going to have blocks and challenges along the way to opening up. You have to come at this from a place of service. And if you don't have that intent and goal, that authentic intent, it's very easy to say, yes, I want to serve people. But if you don't really feel it and mean it, you're going to have blocks uh, put in your path to opening up your development and delays. I, I think that's absolutely true. And, and, you know, I know that for some folks this is a passing trend. You know, oh, it's cool to be psychic. Everybody's a psychic these days. I, I've been, in fact, you know, in fact, I was talking to um, our lovely friend Dale Rutman about this the other day. How um, for a very long time, 
being psychic was enough. Now you need to be a medium. We, it's trending that it's cooler to be a medium than a psychic. Well, I'm not a medium. Um, you are, but I'm not. And it doesn't necessarily make it cooler. It's just different. But that's kind of the way the pop the pop culture sees it. Is one one skill is is better than another or cooler than another. And then some folks will say, Oh, well, that was interesting. Okay, I'm moving on now. And that's okay. I think exploration is great. I'm all in favor of of exploring and and looking at at things. But um, once you commit to this world of doing this work. Uh, whether it's for money or for service or whatever reason you do it, but but it is a it's a very serious ethical commitment to to do. Um, so uh, you know, yeah, I think the why question is a really good one. Samantha, we're we're a little bit past the halfway mark here, so let's take a break and tell them about Audible, and we'll come back and keep going here. Okay, great. So um, if you guys go to audibletrial.com slash psychic teachers. You can try Audible free for one month. This week I am recommending the Edgar Casey pre-sleep series. It's, it's a wonderful meditation tool you can download right to your phone or your computer or your iPod. Um, even if you're not an Audible member, it's only $3.95. All of these meditations are written by Edgar Casey and they are narrated by his grandson, the one I'm recommending is called Realizing Your Psychic Potential. And it's designed for you to listen to it while you fall asleep. So it's not subliminal affirmations. It's just a way for the words of the meditation, which basically just say, you know, I am opening up to my intuition. It is safe for me to see. I am connecting with my guides. You listen to that as you fall asleep so that it sinks into your subconscious mind. It's a really great tool. So that's the Edgar Casey Pre-Sleep Series, Realizing Your Psychic Potential, and you can find that at audibletrial.com slash psychic teachers. Thank you. Wonderful. Do you have any announcements that you want to make, ma'am? I do not. Okay. I have a couple. Um, my intro to Tarot course, my uh, Unlocking the Mysteries of Tarot, starts on Tuesday night the 10th. Um, I've got room for just a couple more folks in that course. So if you are interested in that, you can find information about it on my website. It's www.debbowen.com. And I think I have a spot or two left on my reading day, which is the 24th. And that's also on my website, debbowen.com. So those are things that I have coming up in April. Wonderful. Okay. Okay. So let's get back to the roots of psychic development. One of the things I think people should consider doing is learning how to meditate. And we're not going to do a whole show on meditation. But I just want to say there are so many great resources out there because you and I often get questions that say, like, you guys are always saying meditate, meditate, meditate. But how do you do that? Well, with this world of technology, there are so many great apps out there that actually teach you how to meditate very, very easily. So utilize the technology out there and just try meditating and know that when we say that word, we're not saying you've got to sit down for an hour every day and, and sit in silence. 
we're talking about giving yourself one minute or three minutes or five minutes. That's really all it takes in the beginning. And just allowing yourself to have that moment of stillness. And then the other thing I wanted to say is you've got to open up the lines of communication between you and your team of guides on the other side. Hold, hold just so, a minute. Can, wait, wait. Can you hold that a minute because I want to say something about meditation. Uh, while Samantha's rec- recommending technology for that, I recommend old-fashioned books for that. Uh, Tich Nahan, for example. There are bluesillion books out there. Uh, John Kabat-Zinn's Wherever You Go, There You Are, which is a great book on walking meditation. Tich Nahan's um, Peace in Every Step. I mean, there's a zillion of those books out there that also can be very helpful in, in learning meditation. The first step in meditation is learning to take a deep breath and just be. And I, when I started learning to meditate, I literally put a clock with a second hand in front of me and watched it go around for one minute and said, well, okay, good, I've sat still for a minute, that's over. Really, that's how I started. So, mm-hmm. um, so I really do recommend, uh, somebody asked me about apps for Tarot the other day, and you can imagine my response to, they, sh- they showed me a couple, and I said, really, really, this card has so much more depth to it than one sentence on a app, whatever the hell that is. So, um, Well, what I was saying <laughs> is there are some really good um, apps that teach you to meditate in that. For example, there's one, and it's just a little blue square, and it grows bigger, as it says, inhale for a count of five, and then it grows smaller, as it says, exhale for a count of three. So there's very that. simple uh, techniques that work beautifully to teach you. A lot of people, you know, aren't going to read a 350-page book on meditating, but they might look at an app for five minutes that actually walks them through the steps of, of how to breathe and how to focus your, vis- your visualization. I so know. I think it's very I different from an I app know. on Tarot. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I know our listeners are rolling their eyes and going, oh, Deb, really, you want us to read? Yeah, I really do. <laughs> so with connecting with your team, I think it's important to start to ask them for help and guidance with your intuitive development. Um, I've shared before how one of the simplest things I did was I just asked my guides to put books in my way that I needed to learn at that stage of my development. And sometimes I would be in a library or a bookstore and I would see a book that I really thought was interesting and I would feel this sensation of, yeah, but you're not ready for that now. And I would put it back and I would go to the book I was drawn to. And so you can ask your guides to help you at each level and stage of your progress. And you can just ask them, you know, show me what I need to do next for my stage of development. And if you remain open and flexible, you will be so surprised at what will fall into your lap. You'll just be going through your Facebook feed and you'll see, oh, your friend so-and-so was interested in this event and you look at it and it's a workshop on chakras. And you're like, oh, I think I'm, I'm supposed to take that. You might be just looking through your newspaper and you see there's a class on how to meditate with mandalas. 
just pay attention to those things that you just randomly come across without looking for them and searching for them. Because if it's meant to be, it will be easy. And so when you are in flow and in alignment with your path, the right things for the next stage of your development will fall into line with what's comfortable for you at that stage. But you've got to ask, and so you've got to really put that out there to your guides. I think that's an excellent point, Samantha. You have to ask. And then you have to trust that the answer's coming, maybe not in the Mm -hmm. time frame that you want, nor in the guise that you want. Um, It may come in an entirely different way. You remember the story about the woman who wanted a sign from her guide and she wanted a butterfly, and she didn't see a butterfly except a National Geographic special on television on butterflies? How many butterflies did she want, right? So so your expectation of how a message is going to be delivered needs to move out of the way and just trust that the the universe has another plan, sometimes a better plan, but sometimes just at least a different plan, and to be open and aware, to just be aware. I think one of the best ways of becoming aware of our sixth sense is to be really aware of the other five. Yes. Yes, which brings us to grounding and protection. Mm -hmm. Because as much as we want to open up, you can't safely open up until you are firmly grounded in reality. How many students have you seen through the years who get so excited about this path and they are such wonderful, strong, intuitives, but they kind of fly off into the ethers because they forget to ground themselves. And before you know it, they claim that they're channeling some spirit who speaks in a different language. Remember that student we had who who started speaking in tongues? And so you want to definitely make sure that you are grounding your energy as much as possible. And again, you can Google strategies to do that. You can read books on that. But one of the best ways to do that is to read up on psychic protection techniques. Make sure you get 20 minutes of sun every day. Make sure that you are working with your root chakra. Wear crystals for psychic protection. Imagine tree roots coming out of the soles of your feet. There are lots and lots of ways to ground your energy, and not one of them is better than the other, but you've got to practice it and utilize it every single day because it's really important to protect your energy when you are doing this. There are, you know, to every positive there is a negative, and there are negative energies out there who are looking for people to open up so that they can manipulate and take advantage of them. And it's really easy to protect yourself from those energies, but you've got to learn how to do it, and you've got to learn how to work with your aura and your chakra system and your energies in order to do it properly. Yes, you do. Um, and, and and all of this, grounding, uh, chakra balancing, all can be done in that, if you're talking about the modern world of, of time saving, you can do all of that in the shower, you know, while mm-hmm. you're washing your hair. You can do that. Um, it's not ideal, I don't think, but it, it, is, it is a possible thing to do. My grounding takes place every morning while I am waiting on the kettle to boil to make coffee and I'm and I'm just looking out the window at morning and the nature around me. 
and that's when I do my grounding work. And it doesn't take very long, but it sure does help to set the tone for my day, and it does help protect me. And while, uh, and there are a lot of techniques. If you follow our Facebook page, you'll see that I'm forever posting something about how to create a suit of armor or put yourself in a protective bubble or uh, a lot of different uh, visualization techniques that are helpful to um, to psychic protection. However, all of those are, are helpful and useful tools and very effective, I do believe. But one of the ways that we best protect ourselves is by simply saying, no, I am not allowing within my energy field that which is not for my highest good and that which is not positive. Just saying no. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not allowing that. Um, and Samantha and I have different opinions on some of that, too. You know, I'm not going to go watch spooky, scary movies, and Samantha loves them. Uh, but I'm just not letting that stuff stuff in. That's the Pollyanna in me. And, and let me talk about crystals here for, for just a minute, too, because I, uh, we, we did a show, golly, Samantha, I don't even know how long ago, called There's a Rock for That. Remember that show? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and we talked about how, indeed, the Mineral Kingdom has given us a stone for any situation you could possibly imagine, I truly believe. And then, not long after that, we followed that show with one entitled, There's Not a Rock for That. Because a stone does what it does, but it does what it's meant to do in collaboration with the work that you do. So just wearing hematite, for example, uh, is not all that you need to do in order to be protected against negativity. The things internally that you need to do and who you need to be that work in collaboration with that stone. Would would you agree with that, Samantha? Yes, definitely. That's why I think everything we're saying is connected. Because if you are meditating and grounding your energy and asking for help, you're going to receive the energy of that crystal in a more practical way, and you're going to understand how that energy of that crystal is influencing you and affecting you. It's all connected. And so I think it's important not to rely on any one thing and not to look for these quick fixes and these quick results. But just to notice, like let's say, for example, that you're working on overcoming anger. And so you decide to work with pink opal and rhodochrosite and praenite and maybe some smoky quartz. And you carry that in a little bag with you to reduce anger. And then maybe that very next day you are confronted with a trigger situation that makes you very angry. And you look at that bag of rocks and you think, well, thanks a lot for your help. Maybe those rocks helped trigger that angry situation just to bring your awareness to the fact that, oh, that's a trigger for me. Okay, let me look at that. What does that trigger say about me? How can I work on not giving emotional energy to that trigger? And how can I work on removing that trigger from my memory and my impulses? That's how the crystals work. It's very, very subtle. But like you said, you've got to act on the uh, coincidences and synchronicities that they may or may not help line up for you. 
And and again, you've got to ask for a connection to that rock. Mm-hmm. You need mm-hmm. to build a relationship with that rock. I uh, often when I do readings, I recommend crystals that um, the client can uh, perhaps work with to um, enhance whatever they're working on. And I will often ask the question, well, do you work with crystals? And nine times out of ten, the response I get is, well, I've got some, but I don't know what they all are, and I don't know what you mean by work with them. Okay. And I and I think that that's, that's very common with folks who are just beginning to collect stones or beginning to learn something about them. And they know that clear quartz amplifies and rose quartz is for love and green avengerine is for this and you know maybe maybe amethyst is for that um but to really build a relationship with your stones and and understand what they do and how they work with your energy um and how they work with each other is is really important i have this game that i play samantha i don't know if you do this but i will take um some of my tumbled stones, uh, now that my bigger pieces that are, are specific shapes are pretty easy, so I don't do that. But the tumbled stones, I will put them on a tray, mix them all up, close my eyes, and pick one, and hold it in my left hand, and try to determine what stone I'm holding based on my intuition and how that stone feels in my hand based on the relationship we have. And that exercise a is a thing. isn't it? That's a mm-hmm. great exercise for for me to reinforce my connection um and my collaborative work with every given stone I own. Mhm. That's a great one. I don't do that. I will just go to my bowl of stones and I'll just close my eyes and say what stone do I need to work with today or this week? And then I'll just pick one, and then I study that and carry it with me. I do it with my kids, too. Like, if, if my kids are worried about something or they can't sleep one night, I'll I'll tell them, you know, go over to the bowl of rocks in the back room and close your eyes and, and pick one. So it's a nice way to introduce kids to crystals, too, if, if you want to do that. Um, I think it's important also, Deb, as you're going through this awakening process, to really work on nurturing yourself which I feel includes getting body work. I think you should really learn about your energy and your chakra system, as Deb and I have said. But I think this also includes investing in yourself. So getting massages, getting um, a Reiki session, getting acupuncture, um, having reflexology done, learning what your energy feels like when other people are working on it. That's a great way to start to slow your energy down and calm your energy down and learn to connect with yourself. I agree. Oh, absolutely true. And I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this going, yeah, that would be nice, Samantha, except I have two jobs and still can't, you know, pay my bills every month. But there's so much you can do even if you are on a strict budget. Um, The massage therapy schools in your town, for example, they have several days where they offer every year free massages. Um, They also offer significantly discounted massages for their students to, you know, work on people and get that experience. And I have a lot of friends that we will trade with. And I know Mm. you've done that too. You'll trade a massage for a tarot reading, 
And so there's mm-hmm. lots of ways around that if you're thinking you're on a budget. Um, but I do think it's important to try, oh, the Unity Church, um, at least ours here in town, once a month they do a healing night, and you can come there and, and receive different healing from different local practitioners, and it's just so an it's energy one of the metaphysical mm-hmm. contribution. One of the metaphysical stores in our town does that too, and, and the man who runs that um, healing circle does a lovely job with it, and the payment is uh, a, a can good for the local food bank. It's so nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. And so that's that's just a really good way. And and I want to get back for a minute. It, when I was saying, I think it's important to ask yourself, you know, why are you doing this work and how the answer really should be to be of service. Once you get to that point or if you're already there, I think it's important to still dive deeper and to understand what your goal is. Some people are going to have different goals. Some people want to be intuitive just so they can be more connected with their path and not miss life. You know how sometimes life just feels like it's flying past you and you're missing these signs and synchronicities and small but nevertheless miraculous moments? When you're awakened to your intuition, it forces you to slow down and to stay in the present moment. And so some people want to be intuitive just for that. Other people want nothing to do with mediumship they want to do psychic stuff so they can help people calm down about future worries you know getting a reading is a can be a really good way to relieve anxiety and worry about something that's weighing heavily on you or to get direction or insight some people want to be a medium because actually i don't really know that you can want to be a medium i feel like it kind of chooses you uh, but if it has choose, chosen you, I feel like you need to ask, what is my goal with these readings? You know, is my goal to bring comfort to the grieving? Is my goal to bring validation that there is another side, that there is somewhere we go when we die? Uh, is my goal to help loved ones on the other side who need to bring messages across? Is my goal to help souls that are stuck or load in their process because they need to pass on an apology or a message before they can spiritually advance. So I think it's important also to ask what direction do you want to go with this work? I'd say about 60% of our listeners have no desire to do this professionally. They just they just want to open up to this because it's a part of who they are and they want to understand who they are and how this energy works. And I think that's beautiful. Um, There are about 40% of our listeners who do want to open up and do this professionally in some way or use their intuitive insights to enhance their current creative work. Uh, but, But to really get to the heart of, okay, I want to be of service. Once I fully open this ability, how do I want to use it in my life? How do I want to use it to be of service? You know, there's lots of ways you can be of service in life. And so I think having an end goal, a a direction, a a vision to point your energy towards is going to be really crucial. And it's going to help your guides, too, to help you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely true. I I think that's really uh, important to to know what what this is really all about for you. Um, And, you know, I also think that sometimes... Folks are really scared. It's really frightening to them. Sometimes mm-hmm. prophetic dreams or 
um, things that they see or hear, uh, particularly people, and we have a lot of, of listeners who are recovering after some kind of traumatic event as a child. Many of our listeners say, you know, something happened to me as a child. I shut this stuff down. I'm just putting my toe back into the water now, and and I'm kind of hoping it's going to be okay, but I really don't want to be scared anymore, and I'm hoping you can guide me with that. And, And what I would say to you is now that you're an adult, and now that you're trying to figure out why you want to put your toe back into this, um, then then say, I, you know, I am a child of the light. I am protected. I am loved. I will only allow into my energy field that which is positive. Um, remember that you have control. You can say no to this. You don't, you don't have to accept everything that comes to you. And that's where learning to open and close your and balance your chakras and learning psychic protection also must go hand in hand with the opening up to this world, I think. I just think that's real important. Do you mind if I read a a passage about opening up to intuition that I think will be helpful? It's um, by John Keel. It's two paragraphs. Yeah, we have four minutes. um, Okay, he says, the field is like a massive radio wave, and certain human brains have the ability to tune into it. Some of these brains are adjusted to the frequency of the bank of future data. So they receive glimpses of the future in sudden thoughts, visions, dreams, or a combination. Since the superspectrum is outside our time frame, its system for measuring time is different from ours. And so few humans with precognition are able to unscramble the time cycle of the future events. Even our best prophets have difficulty pinpointing the exact dates and times of future events. Some human receivers not only pick up information from this field, their minds are so sensitive that the data is translated into words in their native language and piped along their auditory nerves. So their brains seem to hear a voice relating the information. This is called clairaudience. Like any conventional radio receiver, the brains of sensitives are subject to much static. The rubbish from the lower ESP band constantly filters through to cloud the information being received by precognition and clear audience. While fortune-telling or foretelling the future is a rare gift, millions of earthlings have some ESP powers. Their brains are channeled to this frequency, which is filled with information. He, he describes it. He says, picture a radio frequency flooded with the charter of children using toy walkie-talkies, taxicab dispatchers, housewives chatting with their neighbors. It's a mess. And if you tune into it with a powerful receiver, you will pick up a torrent of nonsense. This is why you must create a smokescreen of your own and learn to tune in through meditation and practice and chakra work. Isn't that a neat way to look at it? It's just well, like it the is. frequency of a radio. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I've heard that before who was that john keel oh and he says real quick i just want to read this the static from the esp band can create mischievous sometimes even evil patterns because the majority of all human minds are preoccupied with greed ego and lust if the clairvoyance mind is tuned more to the lower esp scale a large part of the information that comes through will be colored by the thought process of the billions of minds 
in our world groveling in everyday trivia. <laughs> so that's interesting, too, to think about. A clairvoyant, he says, has to be able to tune to the desired parts of the super spectrum selectively, and not too many are able to do this successfully. They must clutter out all kinds of garbage. (laughs) But it's kind of a neat explanation for why maybe some of us when we were younger had negative experiences. It's not that there's so much negative, you know, evil stuff around us. It's just that when we were kids, we're so open. We receive all of it, the garbage too. But when you learn to really hone in through meditation and opening and cleansing and closing your chakras, you can screen out all that garbage and just ask that only information for your or your client's highest good can come through. Right. Hmm. Well, that's absolutely fascinating stuff. You know, and and I think that, uh, again, it's that discernment of what's, how you tune into that radio, you know? I love it. That's right. Well, we hope that we've given you all some food for thought, um, and we hope that at least, if anything, it's encouraged you to meditate, because I think we've said that about 2,200 times in the show. (laughs) Well, let's just do it one more time. Meditate. Okay. I just had to do it one more time. (laughs) Thank you all so very much for being with us. We certainly appreciate it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to so many of our new listeners and to those of you who have been with us for so long. Thank you for hanging in here with us. We appreciate it. And we'll be back with you next week. Samantha, tell them what to do. Yes, please join us next week. We're going to be talking about some of our favorite books that you guys can tune into and check out as well for developing your psychic ability. In the meantime, we hope you have a beautiful, blessed week, and don't forget to be the the light. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.